Okay, so what have we been studying for so long now? Wow, so good. All right, so we're going to review first, but why do you think we review? We spend all this time every week reviewing. Okay, to remember, sort of, it is important. What is remembering? What are you doing when you're remembering? You use, you use the temporal logic. You're using your information that you know. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of how you operate with everything, right? You are building off of something else you already know. And do you know, um, do you know how reliable testimony is or like people's memory of situations? It depends. It's not good. It's pretty bad, actually. Well, actually not for me because I can remember like everything You think you can, that's the thing, but they've done studies where they've had you remember something or they ask you what happened, and then they play the video back, and there is a whole lot of things that you missed or that oh you didn't gosh, know. Like the bear running through the basketball. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a famous one. But there's other cases where they did things where it was they had them watch like, um, like some sort of like a crime take place, like a bunch of other people, all different people watch it, and you bring them together and. They missed all sorts of stuff, or they don't. They said, "Oh, the lady that was in a red shirt, she fell to the ground, and there was like no lady with a red shirt." Like, what? Yeah. Most so of, most of the time, it's actually a lady with a red purse and a red shirt. Could be any color. I mean, so really, what remembering is when you have a story of something that happened to you, and the only way that you get it correct. Um, is by repeating it often and very early on after the event happened. So if you, if you wait, like something happened to you and you don't think about it for a couple months and then you tell someone the story, the accuracy is probably pretty bad. The accuracy is actually proven to be gone down by 20 to 30% from like 80. I don't know that study, but could be. So... Really what you're doing when you're remembering something is you are practicing remembering. Every time you do it, you're practicing that information or whatever you um, are recalling. So there are two types of memories that you have. Nope. I mean, those are two types of memory, but I'm talking about a different type of thing. And... Um, it is called procedural memory and episodic memory. Can you guess what procedural memory deals with? Yes. Give me an example of what you think it might relate to. Brushing your teeth. Okay, brushing your teeth. That's a good one. Things, things as simple as walking. That's something you, right? You didn't all know how to walk at one point. You had to learn how to walk. And now it is something that you have done over and over and over. You have practiced remembering how to walk that you don't even have to think about anymore. It's in your procedural memory. But it can be even things more complicated like reading, right? 
you guys just I ask you to read a verse and you read it. Of course, we all have words, you know, we struggle with because you have to say, okay, wait a minute, how do I pronounce that word? You know, it's because it's a more complicated thing. Um, it could be something like a task, like washing a glass. You probably do it the same way every time if you do it often enough. I don't know, probably everyone has a dishwasher, but whatever. Um, and those are the procedural memories you have. What do you think an episodic memory is? Something that happened once. Uh, I would say a lot of times the memory is yes, it's of something that happened once. Like you tripped over... Like you read a book yesterday. Like something like that, right? Okay, yes. Like you remember what happened. Right, but she's saying you are... If it would be something like, um, like if I asked, what did you do yesterday? If I, who rode the bus today? No one? Okay, if I asked Felicia, what happened on the bus today? Don't tell me because we don't have time, but then Felicia would tell me her story about what happened on the bus. It would be like a mini episode of her life, an episodic memory. Okay, right? So. Oh, well. It's okay. Well, you, you don't have to tell us because it, it was just an example. Um, so that's what episodic memory is, is you are relate, retelling a story. And that doesn't even necessarily have to be your own story. It could be a, like I'm sure I could ask any one of you to tell me the story of, I don't know, Beauty and the Beast. And you could say, oh, this is what happened. Wouldn't matter. You, you could probably give me a synopsis of it. Or I could probably ask any one of you, tell me the story of the birth of Christ. Now, I bet you, if you were to, you know, cold, no practice, you just tell me, I bet you there would be some details you'd leave out, right? I mean, even I would leave out details. There's a lot of details in that story. Um, that's a debatable subject that we won't get into. But we could get into that sometime. So, um, you can... It's something where the more you practiced it, though, you could probably get pretty good at remembering a lot of details and not leaving them out. So, um, now, how do you think that relates to the fruit of, of the Spirit? Okay, explain each different types of memory, how they relate to the spirit. Procedural first. Procedural, technically, everyone knows how to do one thing, technically, which most of the time people always know how to love, but technically that's more of an episodic one. Okay, how is it episodic? I'll go to somebody else. But that was good. Yes, you know how to love, but it would be something you'd have to practice to get better at it, right? Episodic because we have to remember what they are, and the procedural because we have to remember how to do them in our lives. Okay. Like how to in, in I liked that. You were spot on with the how. You. What did you say for the episodic? I said we have to remember what they are. Okay, what they are. That's important. There's a different W word I'd use for what the episodic is. Detail. 
Yes, meaning is part of it. The why. Yes, the why. So that would be, why do you love other people? Okay. There's more to it than that, though. Because it was very straightforward. It's true. Very. But but there's a why to that that God told us to. Or there's something that's a little bit more episodic that might influence you. Jesus did all those things. Yes. But there's a story, like there's a, this happened, and then this happened, and then that happened with Jesus coming to earth and living like us, living as an example, but then he, in the greatest act of love ever, died for us. So that's a story that influences your why, that brings up the emotional aspect of it, to help you with the procedural of the daily acting it out the how you're going to act out that why. Um, So, for these procedural things that you're you're going to do these things on a regular basis, what might something like that be where you're acting spiritual things out? How would you go about changing your habits? Practicing. Not Okay, not doing the bad habits. Technically, that's harder than you think because most of the time it takes months, even years to break certain habits. It does. It is very hard. It requires dedication. Um, so how about this? What is what is your first what would your first reaction be if you almost got in a car accident but you didn't? Uh, oh my pull God. over and be like Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? Like, I would just say, oh. oh my god, I'm trying to calm down. Okay. Or maybe like be like, thank you that I didn't die. Oh, that's a good one, right? You might say in not just in a uh, like an ex- a, right, like a right. typical expression, but an actual, right. even if it's a short prayer, like, right. thank you, God, that I didn't get an accident yeah, right there. But really, how hard is it for that to be one of your first reactions in a pretty. crisis moment? Actually, pretty hard. You're, you're, people are inherently selfish. Right, they are. So it's really hard to chart, start to change the pathways. Think of it as like a racetrack in your mind that you have to retrain it. Anybody ever train their battery on their cell phone? Yeah, I know. You guys know what I'm talking about? Or any battery. Yes, and then you have to use it until all the way back down to Mm -hmm. 10% or less and then charge it fully uninterrupted. Yeah, It's supposed to, whatever it is, there's like a track of charging in it like trains your battery to keep charging all the way fully up instead of thinking it's all the way up and not be fully charged. Yeah. It's like this thing that you're supposed to do with your electronics. And yeah, it's, it's okay if you don't. Don't worry about it. But, <laughs> but it's like that with your mind that you have to train it to do these things. So 
or something simpler for those of you that, I don't know, have rings or you could have whatever else. You all have, a lot of you have rings now, right? Because you made them on Friday. So what if you almost drop it down the drain, but you catch it, it doesn't go. I'd freak out. Right, so there's a little bit of pressure, right? Well, actually, I could just call my Uncle B if it did fall down the drain, and he would just remove the bottom pipe that would fall right out. Right, that's good that he could do that, and but that would still be a little bit of a hassle for him. So you would be really glad if it didn't. Maybe that would be a small moment in a smaller crisis where you could stop and you could thank God. That you didn't have to go through having your uncle come over and open up the drain and wait for him to get your ring out. Well, actually, all he would do really is give me a wrench and I would do it most of the time. Well, there you go. But sometimes you don't have time, right? You got to get going. So you start out with those little things of training your mind to do the things, get that procedural memory so it's an automatic reaction. So uh, let's see. So why do we review then? So we can remember. Practice remembering. Practice remembering. What's the point though of remembering this stuff? Anything. It doesn't even have to be the fruits of the spirit. So so they're so they're in our mind constantly. Yes, so they're in your mind and you're going to be it's gonna be way easier for you to access that vault in your brain to go there quickly and not have to dig through it and be like, and go through whatever it might be. You might be going through a time in your life where you're like Job and you don't know why everything awful is happening to you. And if it's been a long time since you've thought about Job or you read that story, or maybe you only read it once, how long is it gonna take before you think of that and that helps you with that situation? Well, good. See, it's working. So. Well, good. And I know you have an awesome memory, which you do. But some people, like me, don't have a good memory. So I have to review it a lot to help me remember. And the whole goal with doing the review, I, I mean, of teaching you guys stuff, but then we review to help you and us. It helps us too, is to constantly polish that why that you have. Think of it like a mirror. That um, mirrors used to be made out of like copper or uh, I think silver sometimes, where it would just be the metal and be polished until it was super 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 shiny, and then it would do an okay job of reflecting your face, not like glass does, but. You have to constantly be working at that, um, at that memory, uh, being able to recall, being able to instantly think of situations in the Bible, think of verses in the Bible, think of what Jesus said in situations, and that will help you to reflect that perfectly onto how you live your life, onto your actions, that you can say, oh, I remember that, even though I just did the wrong thing, I'm going to fix that racetrack in my mind right now. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to do the right thing.
that I should have done. And then maybe next time you might do the wrong thing again, but you say, I'm going to do the right thing right after. And then maybe next time you sort of do the right thing and you slowly, you make that a habit. You change the way that you act. So um, we're going to do a quick review now after that long intro that we did. We did, that's correct. But I want to start from the very beginning. We're going to do love, joy, peace. You did remember that, right? I did. Meekness. Yeah, but what's the same thing? Well, wait, is it is it meekness and gentleness is in there? It's in there. Right. Just like gentleness is also in kindness. Yeah, okay, yeah. So there's a lot of overlap and we've talked about that, right? So I'm gonna give you some blanks. Don't you don't need to say anything yet, but you can think about it and then we'll see. Because I came up with just some really short ones that might be easier to remember. Oh, I'm not going to give a hint yet. That's a tough one, right? Goodness is very good. Faithfulness <laughs> is blank to blank blank. Meekness is, is Moses. And wonder is Moses. <laughs> oh, and then we haven't done this one yet, so. Self-control. Okay. So, anybody have an idea of what the first one is? Sorry, Felicia. Yeah, you probably couldn't see it. Something, something. Love is a blank, blank. Oh, it's, there shouldn't be. A, I'm sorry. Love that was is there. very good, and a. <laughs> love is. Love's great. great. I don't know. Is that what it is? Is love is great? Like, hey man. No. Love is, love is good. You love is great. Is, a, is it up? Love is. It is up. God. Yes. Choice. Yes, very good. Giving up in a choice. Remember, because love is one of the self, 
you are most loving when you are selfless, right? Yes. When you are thinking of others. Okay. Joy springs love. up from... Love and hope. Happiness and hope. Great. No, I should have left the hope off, but... What would you say? Great Yes. I did what? gratitude. I know, that was a long time ago, right? That was like months ago that we talked about joy. Everything. Four. Four. The. Peace is in. Probably. Just in the Lord. Yes. Right, because what are you trusting in? The Lord. Yes, but what does he do? His promises, right? That's where you can find peace in a bad situation is the promises that he's given you, that he's going to get through it, get you through it, that he wants good things for you, that he's promised to never leave you, things like that, right? All right, patience. Mercy. Grace. One of the words is tolerance, I think. Yes. Patience. Oh, not one of these words, but patience, yes, that's a synonym. Patience is caring. Patience is great on toast. <laughs> <laughs> it's waiting. Waiting. Yes. Waiting on the waiting on the Lord. Yes. Only on the waiting. Right. What was? Yeah. What was that lesson about? Because that one was even mine. Patience. Oh, it was. Anyone? Felicia, do you remember patience? Was it something for? Okay, right? There's a God has timing for you. I thought you were saying about the specific person that about. Oh, what person? Tell me. Abraham. Okay. What was he waiting for? Oh. Kids? Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't think Levi talked about that, though. I talked about Abraham. But I might have talked about that. It might have been in the lead up in a review before oh, we started was talking patience about it. I was talking about when he was hunting? Yes. Okay. I think so. Or no, he talked about that last week. But see, that's how these are related because he talked about that tied into. Oh, yeah. I think it was about hunting. Sorry, I listened to a bunch of them this week, so I have them mixed together. Yes. See? Yeah. Yeah. See, these are the, you gotta run it over in the track of your mind so then you remember it. Alright, kindness. Kindness is is mercy? Is something God? Mercy on others? Is there good in it? Something on others? Is it others? Uh, yes. Is there grace? Is it grace? Mm-mm. This was a quote uh, that someone used to always sign their letters with. Oh, I remember. I feel like I remember this. Kindness is. Uh, I feel like it's mercy. Tolerance. No. Trusting. Oh, sorry. I did the wrong one with others, so that would trusting? confuse you. Is that one called trusting? On God. No. Yourself. Yes, yourself is correct. I feel like it's. I feel like it's like trying. So let's think about what kindness is. Kindness. What's another synonym that starts with a T? <laughs> What'd you say? Tenderness. Yes. 
How are you supposed to Tough. be towards? Tough. Tough, yes. Is it T O U G H? Yeah. Okay. Tough on yourself and tender towards others. So give everyone else the benefit of the doubt and hold yourself to a high standard. All right. Well, it's a certain standard. Yes, it's God's standard, right? Right, which is a high standard. High to achieve. All right. Goodness. It's very good. Goodness is good, yes. This one, because this one is a hard one. Uh, to, uh, goodness is great. Is God's, God's, God's work. Is love. Because God is good. God's works. God's promises. Think about what goodness is. Goodness. What? God's gift. Okay, yeah, it is. But in order for good things to happen, for yeah. you to do good. You have to trust in God's plans and promises. Okay, plans. God's will. Will would, is good. God's trust. Think of Pilgrim's Progress. God's path. Closer. Way. Okay. <laughs> Goodness is God's way. You're following, like, you, all like the other words you said, in his plan and stuff, like I just thought of God's right? way, you know, like you're in his path, you're following the path he has. For you. Okay. Faithfulness. Is They relate. This one relates a little bit to the one before it. Is God's? No. Is caring? No, I'm sorry. Is something in God's promise? Faithfulness is. Not promises. Nope. What'd you say? Yep. Choosing? Choosing to follow? Hmm. Think, of, think of the word again. Think of the root word we're looking at. You did, I'll give you this because you did say. What is it? Um, <laughs> no. What'd you say? Changing? No. Choosing. Changing kind of works that you're changing from doing the opposite of this. What did you say? Cooperate. Close. Cooperate. I swear it's going to be a word I know and I'm going to be so mad. Comparing. Oh, wait. Did I spell it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I told you I'm not good at spelling. Comprehension. Commitment. Commitment. Remember when you're faithful. Right, you're committed to God's plan. Meekness is power. It is. I know all those things. I know power under control. Yes, very good. So you remembered it from last week. Yes. Because meekness is what, not what, Felicia. Meekness is tender. It's not. It's not weakness. Right. Meekness is not weakness, but. Instead, you it's control control. your it's own like strength. I remember last week someone said it's like self-control. It is like self-control, which is what we're talking about this week. So, notice how all these things, like you were saying, oh, but it's kind of like this one, it's kind of like that one, because... Well, all of them are technically connected under love, which is the root of love. Right, and they all come from the Spirit, from the Holy Spirit. You can't just have some of the Holy Spirit. Or 
I only take this thing from the Holy Spirit. I don't want the other stuff. You, you can't. Right, because you can only serve one master, right? You can't say, I want all these other yeah, fleshly things gonna, and just joy. I'll yeah. take just joy. What are you going to feed? The flesh or the spirit? One or the other? Right, exactly. You can't feed both. So, um, I'm going to say we've already talked about self-control a lot, right? Pretty I mean, much. all of yeah. these things involve yeah. self-control. Um, and I think you all know a little bit about self-control. Yep, self-control is power to have over yourself. Yes, it is. And everyone has experienced it. Have you found out how hard it is to exercise self-control? Yes, we all find times where we have a very hard time controlling ourselves with different things. And if you have not found out that self-control is very hard, it's probably because you haven't found out what sin you struggle with the most. Or what sets you off the most. Well, but you're to be in control of yourself no matter what is going on around you. Right, and that's, that is what makes it so hard to do. So, discipline is hard, and discipline when it is just you and nobody else is around, when you are by yourself, that is when it is the hardest. Because it is only you keeping yourself from doing whatever it is. Because you, get, I think about... Um, I easy, like, straightforward example to me that, that speaks to me is in the military you had to go six days a week to physical training in the morning at 6.30. Everywhere across the entire world, obviously different time zones, but at 6.30 in the morning, every person in the Army gets up and is there in formation at 6.30, ready to go work out and run and do push-ups. Yes, Felicia. That's somewhat like Japan High School. They have all the kids up around like 5.30 sleeping in their rooms and going directly to Yes, they classes. have very t- intense uh, schedules and very yes, rigid schedules. From Monday to Saturday. I have heard that. So, it's, at least for me, it's not for everybody because I met people that it didn't matter who said to do it and they wouldn't do it. But it's very easy to when somebody says, you have to be there at 6.30. And if you're not there, we're going to send somebody and they're going to pound on your door until you wake up. And then they're going to drag you to PT. And if you do that more than once, then you're going to get get reprimanded. You're going to get written up. Then we're going to take away your pay. And there's a lot of motivational things. They're controlling the situation around you. But what if you had to just wake up every day, and you're not a morning person, and you have to wake up every day at 6.30 and work out your hardest by yourself? How, much, how good a shape do you think you're going to be in compared to somebody else who's training with a bunch of other people that are pushing them to run faster, do more push-ups, making it a competition so they want to win, and then they both come together that one person who had to do it by themselves they and the one person. They actually weaker than the other because the other ones are being pushed past their limit. Right. Whereas you're just going to go to your limit and then most likely stop. 
Right. If you're not like super driven, which most people aren't, then you're... Very few. That's like a less than 1% that are driven to... And those are usually people that are like... Yeah, they do have something that's a little odd, and that's why they are the best at whatever sport or physical challenge they're doing. It's technically their competitiveness most times. Yeah, it's usually a combination of competitiveness and just the body that God gave them because they have some amazing abilities to run fast, jump high, whatever it is. But the point, the point is that it's really hard to have discipline, to be self-controlled, to have temperance, right? You guys talked about that word last time. By yourself. And side note, for those of you or you know other people who, or you've heard people say, I don't need to go to church. I, I can worship God. I can be a Christian without going to church. Well, this is a very reason to go to church because when you are around other people, when you're around a community, you're going to grow stronger. That's a very reason, besides the fact that Jesus said you need to. So that, that's pretty good too. Um, so temperance, what does that word mean? It's sort of, I remember saying temperance is sort of like self-control. Yes, yep. I remember so, Oh, yes. Um, what is that? Okay, they do have a similar root. I did not explore that avenue, but obviously they have a similar root there. But it means, um, it comes from a Latin word, and it means to have restraint or habitual moderation. Well, it means to have control over anything. Really, it means you could have you could have restraint in crossing the sidewalk when it's a green light for the cross set pass traffic. You know that would be good to have restraint not to do that. Severe consequences if you do. I mean, people do get hit, so I would assume there are right. Well, people do crazy things too. That those are always the outliers. Um, but let's um, let's pause on moderation for one second, because we can talk about restraint and all that stuff. But sometimes an even harder thing might be the right level of something, moderation of it. So, in my observation, there are three categories of intake of things in the world that God has set for us. And one of those um, is never touch it. Whatever it might be. God says, don't do this. Don't have anything to do with it. Don't even touch it. Right. Okay. Number three, I'm going to skip to number three first, is get all you can. Okay, right. 
So, um, and number two is a little is good. But a lot is better? Nope. <laughs> it's just a guess. You're close, but not. Is bad. Just stops. Okay, a little is good, but a lot is bad. Uh, temptation does play into self-control, and we'll get to that in a bit. So, never touch it. Audrey said, don't touch the Ark of the Covenant. Right. Don't lick the cat. Don't lick what? <laughs> oh, yes, that might be bad for you. You might get a piercing. Um, so, how about, how about some serious things like murder, um, lying, that's pretty bad, right? Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Yes. So, witchcraft. W I T C H. Yes. Okay. Oh, that is definitely that is something in the Bible that is severely. Um, you are told never to have anything to do with it. What about get all you can get of the things God has put out there for you? It basically means like faith and hope in Him. Okay, yes. So I, have, I do have the Holy Spirit on here. What else? Like, How about things you can do? Like go to church. That's good. I like that. Like participate a lot. You know what I mean? Ooh, that's good. That reminds me of how about... Um, Communion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, take advantage of the things that he put here for us. Uh, the church we went to in Georgia had communion every Sunday, except for service. That is so hot. Because to them, this is how they felt convicted that literally as often as you meet, like it says, to do this in remembrance of me. It's okay. They took it very seriously. Um, what's it? Somebody said, the other one I was thinking of, Praying. What makes you say that, Audrey? How do you know that? What do you remember? Anybody? Pray without ceasing. Yeah, pray without ceasing. Um, I think that was Paul that said that. Not sure. And one in might have been in Philippians or Ephesians. Can't remember. See. Not do, I'm not memorizing it well enough. Well, good. Now you've heard it. And what? <laughs> Except, so, I was prepared for somebody to say this. Or not necessarily that, but that sentiment, that idea. And he didn't have Google. Imagine that. Um, but I was prepared for this because you can say, well, I can just look it up in my Bible. I kind of know where it is or what, you know, I'll, I'll just Google it. But how, I mean, how much does that help you if you are with someone and you are having a conversation and you want to bring up whatever it might be, it's in, it's in the right moment. Everything is like, you're like, oh, I'm so glad they're talking to me about this. And it's not in your head. 
It's not in your brain. It's not the thing you go to. It, that's a little bit of a failure, right? Um, most of the time, it could um, not be in your head, but it could actually be on the tip of your tongue, and you do end up saying it without thinking about it. You could, but I wouldn't rely on that, okay? So, so we have, so praying, um, reading your Bible, you could put it up there. And these are all things that God says, you do this as much as you can. The more you can get close to me, the more I can get close to you, your life is just going, you're, it's going to abound with just blessings and just your, and even though things might be hard here, they'll be wonderful you, full for you one day in heaven. So this one here is the tricky one though. A little is good, but a lot is bad. Now, before you say anything, because this is a hard category, all right, I'm going to give you some basic ones, ones that are true, but funny. Some if I wrong but serious, let me guess you're gonna do that too. What? Let me guess you're also gonna say some that are wrong but serious. No, we covered those. Those are all up here. So if I were to say I'm going to have a donut for breakfast every day. Mm. A, now would be uh, a, now, some of you probably like Paula's Donuts, or maybe oh, yes. Topps Donuts, or Donuts Delight in Rochester, but I, I actually really like, if I were going to have one for breakfast every day, I would have one of the Amish Donuts from Miller's yeah. Bowl. I would have one of those every morning. Now, what if I said, you know, I'm doing all right with the one donut a day. You know, no. it's been a couple months. No. I think, no. I think I'll have a donut for a snack with a little cup of coffee at night, no, too. Um, Is that okay? No, it's not okay. Eventually, the more donuts you eat, the more addictive the high syrup that's going to be put in the donut. Oh, yeah. It's bad for you. We can agree. that. So that would be a thing where... Everyone knows you Right. It's true. Maybe. <laughs> but you could, everyone knows, even if you do it, you're like, nah, you should not do that. Especially it's not a good idea. But if you wanted to have a donut, maybe on a Saturday, that'd be all right, right? Reward yourself a little Every bit. Sunday. It's okay. Like yeah. Like how we used to. That was all right, that right? Actually, that actually would still be pretty bad, though, because if you did that like, every single week. Sunday for like a year, okay, but, yeah, it's 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 but what if I only ate yeah. meat and vegetables and rice the rest of the week? Then they'd be fine. Because Probably be all right, right? Okay. So here's another example. Right. Here's another example. How about sleep? We They say seven to eight is what you need now. It used to be a solid eight. Now they say, oh, you could even seven or sometimes even nine. I don't re recommend it. Because people are different, right? So they gave you some different. But if you start pushing 10 or 12 hours, it's not good. Right? Why? You know why it's not good? It's not even, it, to a certain degree, it's a physical thing because just laying down that much and inactivity is not good for you. But what 
is even worse is mentally it's very bad for you because laziness laziness can bring about depression it can yeah plus laziness i mean is technically really bad it is it is the bible says it's bad so i mean i've even been to a place where i was I don't even want to say like sleeping a lot, but just that I wasn't as productive as I should have been. Just a lot of sleeping and that just feeds into itself where you just don't feel good about yourself. So um, it's on 104 north of Medina. Miller's bulk food. Miller's. It's an hour store. Miller's. Miller's. Oh, yes. you're talking about everything. sleeping. Oh, okay. You want to, well, you want to be between seven and nine hours. It's a good amount of sleep. No, I mean, the problem is, like, when I take my sleeping pills, I don't want to fall asleep for 12, and then I wake up at 2.30 every day. That is tough, and... I don't even know I'm still alive. Well, we're glad you're here today, Felicia. So... There are other things, though, that are more serious, right? Things that we could get into. And I'm not, I don't want to because that's not what we're talking about is the specifics tonight. But here's a story for you that kind of paints a good picture. And this is, does anybody know who Charles Spurgeon or D.L. Moody are? I've heard of them. I've heard Charles Spurgeon, but I don't. Okay. Charles Spurgeon um, from England. D.L. Moody was from the U.S. Both um, after the Civil War, I want to say around the turn of the, not this past century, but the one before, you know, 1800s, 1900s. Very famous preachers. And D.L. Moody happened to be in England one time, and he wanted to meet. They'd never met. So he looked him up, looked up his address, went to his house, and knocked on the door. And Charles Spurgeon came in his, came to the door, was at night in his robe, and had a cigar, and answered the door. And D.L. Moody said, you, a man of God, smoking? And Spurgeon said, you, a man of God, overweight? Because D.L. Moody was a very hefty guy. Well, kind of to both of them. And the point of the, that funny story is, is that they both thought that the other person was doing something wrong, doing something a little too much. And the fact of the matter was that that wasn't really what was all that important. Either of those things, especially during that time and even today in the, like the Southern America, the culture is... If you're smoking, you are a really bad Christian. I, that's still kind of the underlying vibe with especially the older generation. Yeah, and most of the time, um, like if you're overeating and all that, isn't Beelzebub the demon of gluttony? Beelzebub was just the same. Yeah. In the it may I that in pop culture that is used, but Beelzebub is just a Satan in the Bible. Were they like best so, friends? There, there's. 
I don't think so. Oh man! But what a way to But I don't really know, so I don't know what happened. <laughs> so the fact is that both of those men did amazing things for God. They have tons of crowns and treasures stored up in heaven. Neither of those were they perfect? No, I don't even know if those were the things that really they were imperfect about. But the point is is that the a little is good, a lot is bad is that God will convict you of what you need to do with those things. That's something that it's for you and God to talk about, things that fall into that category. And some of those things that even fall into that category are things you can find out in the Bible about what your boundaries are on them. Okay? So, all three take self-control. Some of these things... You might not even be interested in witchcraft. It might be really easy for you not to touch it. Other people, drawn to it. There's tons of other things. You might have a really easy time. Praying might come easy to you. There are some people it comes easy to. And some people that's hard to because they're not used to it. That's right. Getting used to it is part of it. So that's where self-control comes in. And... Like we said, creating that racetrack of this is how I do things. These are the habits that I approach things in creating better ones. So let's look at the person who mastered self-control. And we'd have to turn to Jesus for that. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. Chapter 4, and verse 1 through 4. Now, this is right after um, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. This is before he even started preaching or healing or any of his ministry. It only, it only just begun. Um, you can start, Felicia. And we'll start with verse 1, and go ahead. Okay, so Jesus goes out into the wilderness. So picture kind of an arid, not quite desert, but there's not much growing out there. And he goes out there and he's out there for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, a significant number in the Bible. And during that time, he does not eat. He fasts the entire time. That's a long time to go without eating. You are, there have been other people that have gone a little less and a little more, even people in the Bible, but you go much more and you die without eating. So that gives you, I mean, we really have no concept because none of us have probably even gone more than a 
like, I don't know, a day without eating, of how hungry Jesus was at this point. And during this time, at the very end of it, because that's what Satan does, is he waits until you're at your weakest moment, whether it's mentally, spiritually, or physically, or all three, to come and tempt you. And he says, hey, see those rocks there on the ground? Why don't you just turn those to bread and feed yourself? Not a big deal. You can do it. You've got the power. I mean, you created this whole world. And why would Jesus say that he shouldn't do that? And he uses scripture. He directly quotes uh, Deuteronomy when he says this. That... um, Man shall not live by bread alone, by every, but by every word that proceedeth out of the word, out of the mouth of God. Why would he refuse? Why is that even a temptation for him? Because he's starving. Okay, so physically it's a temptation, but why would it be bad for him to do that? Because God, his father basically told the family himself, Okay, I will. I can agree that he shouldn't do it. But why shouldn't he do it? This is this is tough. This is it's not something that I I every time I read it, I have to refresh myself to the details of why because it's not obvious because we're just not. Very good students of the Bible. Gabe. He proved Satan right? No. Gideon. No. What? Why did Jesus come to earth? Let's think about that. What's his purpose? To what? To save to save us, okay. From our sins, and if he had done that, it was technically been sin. Okay. It's not. It would not. Um, but why would it have been a sin? So this is real. This is really brainy stuff here. So in the end, Jesus did not come to serve his own desires. Okay. Also, oh, would have made him selfish if he would have made him. It, yes, but not necessarily in a in such a direct way as that. I'm just I'm going selfish because I'm hungry. Because if he were to change these loaves, these rocks into loaves of bread, wouldn't that also change the balance of the what, universe somewhat? No. Well, don't. We won't even get into that that, because it won't matter. He is, but what what if people found out that he did that? They think he was weak, maybe? No. They they know nothing about him at this point. No one's ever heard of Jesus before. They would say that he would be like a selfish person who was only taking care of himself. No. Think if you suddenly found out that somebody had the power to turn rocks into bread. Yes, exactly. And you would probably, you would, let's say just if you weren't a Christian, because Jesus, because you're after Jesus, you'd probably worship him, right? 
But what was his purpose? Was his purpose to come back as the come as a king the first time? No. No. His purpose was to come as the sacrifice. So this is Satan tempting him to do something outside of God's will. Because God, he, Jesus, and God the Father and the Holy Spirit said, "This is what we're going to do. We're going to come, and we're going to be a sacrifice. You're going to come and be a sacrifice. You're going to submit yourself. You're going to be meek, and not be all about." showing your power but you're going to hold the power back while you're there the first time and so this would be going out all three and we don't have time to read them but i'll tell you what they are the other two temptations all appeal to our own human desires because jesus was human at the same time so first fleshly desire like you got to eat that kind of thing the, the second thing that he showed, says takes him up to the tallest building in the temple. I can't remember how tall it is, but very tall. Picture like higher than the roof of this building. There's a tower there. And he says, jump off and the angels will catch you before you hit the ground. Once again, what if everyone saw angels lower him to the ground? It would... They would say, how do you do that? They'd have the wrong view there. Right. It would ruin his whole mission. They wouldn't have murdered him, right? It would not, it would have ruined the mission again. Most people have actually forsaken the old God and actually worship him as God, even though he. Well, they would have, they would have proclaimed him as the Messiah. Um, so, the last thing that he, that happens is. Satan shows him, I don't know if it was in a vision, or he takes him to all the, the cities of the world, and he says, I own all these cities, because they're <clears throat> they, the earth is Satan's realm. And he says, I will give these to you if you'll just bend your knee to me, if you'll bow down and worship me. Technically, God would never bow down to Satan. But, <clears throat> right, but... He's being tempted as being a human at the same time as he's God. And to us, this is wealth, this is riches, this is power over something. And that's what he's being tempted with here. Okay. So. Well, just use, we'll have to use some self control. It'll be all right. So. This is exactly all three of these things, the creating food out of rocks or just out of nothing, supplying food needs, um, being worshipped for doing amazing miracles, uh, controlling all the cities. This is exactly what Satan is going to rep- try to replicate in the end times because he, the only thing he knows how to do is to copy other things that are belong to God. So, self-control is about, in the end, is about bending your will to God's, right? God has these things that he says don't do. You can do it a little. You, a, cert, a good amount, a certain amount is a good amount. And do it as much as you can. 
And there, even things in your life should be prioritized. God prioritizes stuff in your life. That God comes first. Then when you get married, your wife and your children, or your husband and your children, are right underneath God. But guess what? They go before... Hmm? Oh, thank you. They go before your parents now. Still supposed to honor them, but that's who you take care of now. There's all these things where God tells you this is what is important first in the plan that he has. So, last thing to wrap up this series that we did. You know who said, know thyself? You ever hear that phrase? I probably wouldn't be able to tell you if somebody said, I know the phrase. And, yeah, probably. It's Socrates, right? One of those famous philosophers, the Greek guys. I think he was the first Greek philosopher that's really famous. And then Aristotle and Plato came next. He said, know thyself. That's like this important, like, ah, oh, this is what the world means. Know thyself. Now, I hope that through this series that you have, it has helped you to figure yourself out with some of these things. To know what you come comes naturally to you know what things you're struggling with what you need to work on um helping you to understand how things work on the spiritual side and that's good good to know yourself but uh, knowing yourself without knowing god is worthless it'll get you nowhere you might be successful in this life by knowing yourself a little bit better but without knowing God, you'll never achieve any of the fruits of the Spirit. Not really. You can get counterfeit versions, but you'll never have the real thing. So, um, hopefully this has been a helpful series to you guys. Thank you for listening, being patient with us, having self-control, being kind, all those things. Have a good week, guys.